on his offhand. Near side circle, cross, far side, they score! Austin Long, a backhanded sauce pass down. Ashton Calder, way for the one-time tapper. Getting one out of front, they score! Are you kidding me, Matt Miller? 25.1, run to the third, this game is tied! What is going on, Stars fans? Welcome back to another edition of Thunderstruck, the podcast. I almost said my other podcast name there for a minute and quit, didn't know what show we were doing. But it's, uh, it's Thunderstruck, the podcast. Uh, we're back here at the, at the Icebox recording. Uh, Gene Cotter, uh, I'm BA. Uh, one, lone, one lone game this past week as the Stars uh, knocked off the Sioux Falls Stampede. And they, they pumped them, 5-2. to two. It was a pretty damn good game. It was. Stars jumped out to a 3-0 lead, let Sioux Falls get a couple back there before putting them back, back away again. Ended up with, a, with an empty netter at the end just to ensure it. But, you know, the biggest thing the other night was we had two guys with two goals. Aiden Thompson had three total points. Gleb had a couple points. The two guys with the goals were Michael Mastro Domenico and Griffin Jarecki each scored scored a couple goals for the Stars. So it was a good night. Yeah, we got a, we got a big show here for you tonight. Uh, we're, we're joined by Mastro, as you mentioned. He's going to join us later on in the program. And then uh, we have we have the enemy coming on. Uh, Can you really call him the enemy? Uh, that, that's hard. I mean, he was a former captain here at the Stars in 2009-2010, but now he's an assistant coach for the Dominion Buccaneers. Matt Brunato is going to join the program, so I think we'll let him slide this time. Uh, come Friday, Saturday, he is the enemy. I can guarantee true. you that. That's probably very true. He'll need to be. He'll need to be the enemy as long as we're playing the blue and red. Yeah, the the uh, Buccaneers. I will not say what I normally call them. Uh, it's not. Uh, it's not PG. Not PG, and we try to keep this PG. We try to. So with that being said, let's uh, let's jump in, kind of recap. Uh, Friday night's game, like I said, it was the lone game for the Stars this weekend. Unfortunately, uh, with that lone, go- lone game, even though we won, we're no longer in first place as the uh, Tri-City Storm are now ahead by one point. They swept Sioux, Sioux City over the weekend. Otherwise, we probably still would be. Yeah, and we'll, we'll, we'll dive into that a little bit because uh, Sioux, not Sioux Falls, but Sioux, uh, Sioux City. Tri-City has Tri-City. an ast- ex- outstanding goalie right now. and they're, they're, uh, He's been the key difference for that Storm team. So jumping in with the uh, with the uh, Sioux Falls Stampede, um, kind of kind of uneventful first period for the most part uh, until the later half of that. With 13 minutes into the uh, first period, uh, stars are in the box, but uh, Aiden Thompson didn't let that stop him. Thompson shorthanded breakaway from the red line. Thompson to the high slot. Deeks shoots and a glove stop made by Granin. Thompson with that shorthanded bid. Joe Lemay far side circle. Lemay. Nice pass, Thompson, he scores! Short-handed goal for Aiden Thompson at 13-19. Joe LeMay, a spin-around backhand pass, and Thompson finished it, linking up 1-0. Once again, Brandon, the D, I realize that Thompson ended up with the goal, but the pass came from the defenseman again, and that is a recurring theme, one that I would love to see continue throughout the entire season. Yeah, definitely, the, the pass from LeMay there, but... Uh... Aiden Thompson picking up the first shorthanded goal of the year for the Stars. Laba also with the secondary assist there, and I believe that was one of three assists that he had on the night. You know, we, we joked, uh, Laba wants to come on, on the show, and we keep saying that he needs to score some points uh, to come on the show, but obviously we're not doing our research because he definitely has been scoring some points. That he has, that he has. We talked about keeping him out of the box. He's done a pretty good job of that over the last couple weeks, and he definitely is making passes to the right people that are putting it in the net. So whether he's, whether he's potting it or somebody else is doing it, 
keep scoring the scoring those goals or scoring those points, Labs. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, you know, second period rolls around. Uh, Stars are still up one nothing. Five minutes in, though, Mastro changes that. Vlad Baremia back for Sato. Great chemistry between these three. The third man was Lava. Poked to the deep slot. Henry Nelson walks the line, shoots, deflected, stopped by Granite. Far side goal line, Lava. Has it in the near side. Left side, Mastro Domenico scores! Michael Mastro Domenico! Five minutes in a period number two. The Stars double their lead. Mastro's going to get his second later in the third period, but with the two goals on on Friday night, he actually is tied for the lead for defenseman in goals for the season at four. Yeah, it's been a it's been a key topic. We talked show in and show out that it's the defense that are putting up the points. You know, the other thing about it is when I think about the way the D's been playing, uh, Shader hasn't exact he hasn't been hitting hitting the scoreboard, but man, he's been active physically. Joey Pierce, Antonio Fernandez. Uh, gosh, who are we missing? I, I hate to miss him because Coach Russo even talked the, after the game the other night about how there there are really seven equally matched defensemen, how they're the best decor in the league, and it really shows that. It doesn't really matter who you have out there. You're not seeing much of a drop-off, if, if any. You mentioned that uh, like Shade hasn't been scoring points. Same with Antonio and, and Joey there. It's kind of half the defense is the offensive guys, and, and the other half is the shutdown guys. So it's, we, I think we have a nice balance there. And we have the captain, Dalton Norris, who we haven't – we didn't mention. That's probably the name somehow that yeah, I forgot. That was the, that, yeah. You know, can't forget Daltz because he's definitely the emotional leader out there. Yeah, for sure. So uh, Stars are up 2 nothing. five minutes into the first. Uh, Griffin Jarecki scores the first of, first of the evening as he nets an empty netter later on. Michael Mastromenico, his third goal of the season at five minutes exactly into period number two, beating Grannon along the short side. Great shift for Lincoln. Lava along the near side goal line, doing all the dirty work. Hit Mastromenico, who blistered one inside the near side post. Fernandez deflects it for Thompson. Stars humming now in the O-zone. Thompson for Jarecki. Good shoulder check against Stinari. Thompson regroups along the corner. Taken back by Dorwart. Doesn't have a lane, though. Saucer pass for Turner. Loose for Wallen. Now for Thompson. Backdoor pass. Tap in. Griffin Jarecki. 3 nothing stars at 9-23. A Sioux Falls turnover. Wallen to Thompson to Jarecki. 25 and white. His second goal of the season. We mentioned that, uh, Cristiano just mentioned that's his second goal. He's going to pick up that empty netter, as I mentioned before. Uh, stars are up 3-0. Sioux Falls is going to knock one, knock one in the back of the net there towards the end of the uh, second period. Uh, and coming into the third, they get their second goal. Then Mastro gets his second goal of the, uh, of the night. You know, as hard as Griffin Jarecki works out there, it's just a matter of time before he starts scoring goals with regularity. Same way with Aiden Thompson. I mean, Aiden's top... I don't know, 10 or so in the league and scoring a lot of its assists, and you need assists. You heard another assist from him there. But, man, once Aiden starts scoring and Griff starts scoring and, and uh, some of those other guys just keep doing what they're doing, uh, this, this team's just going to keep getting better and better. You know, Rock, Coach Russo mentioned it last week on the show that, you know, Griff's one of those guys that, yeah, it's his second year, but he's kind of a rookie out there. And uh, as last year, he didn't play a whole heck of a lot, but, the time he's been on the ice now, I have to say he's probably one of the most improved players of the year. Oh, for sure. For sure. Just some other, some other 
I don't know, some tidbits from the game the other night that really stood out. You know, Brandon, we talked last week about how one thing we didn't really want to do is give Sioux Falls an opportunity to improve on their their woeful power play. I know you had an opportunity to go up there and watch them again on Saturday night, but somehow it didn't really seem like Lincoln was committing a lot of penalties, but Sioux Falls was given eight opportunities with the extra man, went one for eight, uh, did allow their overall success percentage to go from 7.7 to 7.8%, caused the Stars to drop a little bit. We're down to fifth in the league, right at, right ahead of the team that's coming in this weekend, Des Moines, at about 84%, something like that. Yeah, you mentioned that you know we, we gave them opportunities, but our, our PK stood up, and obviously uh, that first goal, they stood up in the big way there, you know, allowing us to get that shorthander. And that was just a matter of time, too. It was like they... They've had multiple opportunities and just haven't finished. But, man, there are times – there was a couple times the other night when we were on the penalty kill where we possessed it in our offensive zone. It might as well have been four-on-four four because Sioux Falls just couldn't couldn't take it away from us, couldn't break it out, couldn't go down and get anything set up on their offensive end. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, there's not much more we can say about this PK as they're in the top of the league right there. You talked a little bit about Tri-City – a bit ago, and you talked about their goalie, uh, Arseny Sergeyev, a six foot three, hundred ninety five pounder out of Russia. Uh, if he is not the USHL goalie of the week this week, I will be absolutely shocked. I watched him play, just doing a little scouting from some other teams over the weekend. He went two and zero. Get this from the weekend before uh, through a goal by Sioux City with like five minutes left to go in the game on Sunday. He went 155 minutes, 24 seconds between goals. Gave one up in the second period against Omaha, went the rest of that game, the entire game, including some overtime against Sioux City and two, almost three full periods on Sunday afternoon without even allowing a goal. Something about like a hundred saves along, along the line. So, um, Something to keep in mind as we get ready to play Tri City coming down down the road. Yeah, we, we don't we don't face Tri City until December fourth, so we got some time to figure out this goalie. And I, I know Rocky's going to have plenty of video on him, and, and hopefully uh, give our offensive guys a, a chance to figure him out. No doubt. And I know something you asked me to make a prediction the other night about whether or not Emberco was going to get the start, or if Cam Whitehead was going to get another start. And I predicted incorrectly. I think Rocky said in the in the chalk talk before the game the other night that Caden was going to get the start again this weekend. But third game in a row, Cameron Whitehead looked fantastic. He remained second in the league behind Mr. Sergeyev in both save percentage and goals per game. Yeah, I, I believe you mentioned that chalk talk there with Rocky. Uh, we'll probably see both goaltenders this weekend. So um, that chalk talk, that I, I got to say, that's one of the cool things I like about what the Stars do with our season ticket holders is once a month, a uh, coach will come in there and just, you know, kind of kind of have a sort of mini press conference, basically, but with the fans and the, and the season ticket holders. Well, I don't know if you noticed this, but after the game, they had another autograph session, and they also did coaches' comments live on the stage. So fans, uh, check that out before you run out of the building Friday night after the game. Because, yeah, and the bar's still open. Yep, and Coach Russo might be, might be talking to Cristiano live on the stage. Yeah, definitely. You can't go wrong. I, I, I highly recommend... If you can, I, I know parents with the young kids, they'll, they'll try to get out of here as soon as they can. But you have a chance to meet the players and, you know, and just kind of hang out with the Stars fans that hang out just a little bit after the, after the game. And it's, it's always a good time. And the atmosphere in here, I, I'll quit talking about the atmosphere in here because everybody knows how I feel about that. Hey, before we move officially on to Des Moines, too, 
for the second time this season, Lincoln goes into their next game with an opportunity to have their first four-game winning streak in something like three years. Might be, might be even a little bit longer than that. But three, three straight, heading, bringing Des Moines into town on Friday night with an opportunity to win four. It's been a long time since we had a winning streak like that. Let's just hope that we continue it. I can tell you that Des Moines, just to kind of get into a little of the preview on them, actually snapped a five-game skid with a win against uh, one of those teams in the East. I think there's only about two teams in the East that can actually play hockey, and um, Des Moines actually got to play one of them. Being in, being in Iowa, they get to play some of the teams from the East. Uh, but they snapped a five-game skid. Uh, right now, it's, it is just a mess amongst the, the top of the Western Division. I think the top six teams are all within like four points of each other. Des Moines could come in, and if they were to sweep us over the weekend, they could actually overtake us in the standings. That's how things... Don't you say that. Oh, I'm not, yeah, no <laughs> doubt. No doubt. But I think they're in sixth place, but four points puts them in second. Yeah, be, well, before we, we dive into the, uh, the weekend preview with Des Moines, why don't we get into our interview with, uh, with uh, Mastro there for... For the fans. Yeah, that sounds great. He had two goals, had a big, big weekend, and uh, as we've already heard, he's the, the team DJ, and he's going to set some stuff straight about an interview that was done in the in the locker room last week, too. Yeah, I, I call fake news on that one. <laughs> bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth. Come on. Bring them out, bring them out. Hey. Bring them out, bring them out. Yeah. All right, Stars fans. Tonight, we are joined by our first player guest, Stars defenseman number four, Michael Mastro Domenico. Michael, how are you? Good, how are you? Not too bad. You want to go by Michael or Mastro or anything else that we want to call you? You can call me Mastro. Mastro, all right, Mastro. So let's talk a little bit about the start you guys are off to. Um, one point out of first place right now. You left the weekend. You just had uh, Tri-City got an extra game in there on you. But just talk about the start that you guys are off to so far this year. Um, I mean, a lot better than last year. Um, I was here for the tail end of last year, and it was a bit rough not being able to win a lot of games. But um, there's definitely a better environment in the room. we got a, a tight-knit group, um, which is amazing, because um, that, that can take you really far. But on the ice too, we play the right way. We, we've got a structure that we play, and when we do play the right way, we're, we're a scary team, a scary team to play against. So, um, yeah, it's been a fun start to the year, and it's fun to win. So we're gonna we're gonna keep on doing it. Yeah, you mentioned you came in at the tail end of last year. You got thirty seven games, two goals, six assists. Twelve games into this year, you already doubled your goal per, uh, goal outage. Uh, what's been the success for you out there? Um, I think getting shots on the net um i think rocky really likes us the whole team to get shots on the net and that's been the biggest thing for me getting more and more goals and um yeah i mean my my shots improved a lot over the summer so just being able to get those shots through and get them on the net will give me that that many more goals than than i had last year so mastro We've talked repeatedly over the last few weeks on this cast about the involvement that the, de- the defense has. So you've got four goals. Uh, Dalt has four goals. LeMay's got a bunch of points. Uh, you, the defense has just been absolutely involved offensively throughout the year. Is that uh, – you've even done things like had three defensemen on the power play at times. So just just talk a, a little bit more about that message that you get ar- around the defensive activation and involvement in the offense. 
Um, yeah, I think I think we have one of maybe the strongest decor in the USHL, which is awesome. Um, and we also have two really strong goalies. So defensively, we're extremely strong, which on any team is that's how you build the championship team. So that's awesome for us. Um, but yeah, we're also very involved offensively. So uh, it, it helps that we get a lot of reps on the power play, which in the USHL brings in a lot of points. Um, but we have a lot of guys who can skate really well and shoot the puck really well. So, um, yeah, we've been racking up points, and I think that's what that's what led to a lot of success for our team. Um, and we'll keep leading to success because we, we have that strong decor. And, yeah, we can move it up to the fours and get easy second assists from them too. So uh, we had Coach Russo on last week, and he mentioned that you are the team DJ. Um, what I, what I want to know is who is the biggest chirper on the team right now? The biggest chirper on the team? Yeah. Who has, who has the best chirp uh, game? Who has the best chirp game? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of guys who have a pretty good chirp game. I think to, against other teams, Glebs, I think he's got a lot of inside info on other teams. So he knows how to get under their skin. And you'll probably hear him during games chirping other guys. And he's one of those guys that, you don't really want to say anything back because he's a big boy. Um, but within the locker room, there's a lot of guys who have a few good chirps to each other, but that's all friendly. So Glove's probably the best chirp on the team. Last year, you got to wear the fishbowl the entire season. Are you happy to have gotten rid of that? Yeah, I wanted to get rid of it last year, but my parents wanted to keep my, uh, my smile intact. So I had to keep that fishbowl on. Yeah, you, you threw me off at the beginning of the year. I, all, all my photos of you last year had the fishbowl on, and I'm, I'm going through stuff. I go, I don't think I have anything in Mastro all year long. And then I realized that you got the visor on, so uh, Mom and Dad finally signed off on that, eh? Yeah, well, I don't think it was it was much of a choice for them this year. I kind of signed all those papers and before <laughs> they knew it, I had a visor on. Uh, and I noticed Brandon just threw an A in there, too. Uh, speaking of that smile, we've talked about that. It seems to be infectious. Master, I saw you guys warming up in the West Hall before the game the other night, and it looked like you guys genuinely get along together and are having fun. Do you, do you buy into that? Do you think that's the case? Yeah, no. We, we're, like I said, we're a very tight-knit group, and anyone will tell you this. We, we always have fun together, and... I think me especially, I'm just, I'm always smiling and people will tell you I'm always smiling, even when I shouldn't be smiling. Um, but yeah, that's just the type of guy I am. I'll, I'll, be, I'll always be smiling. Um, but yeah, we have a great group of guys and we're always having fun together. So it's hard not to have success when we're, we enjoy each other this much. Speaking of having fun with each other, it sounds like they do not want you to have fun with their daughters. <laughs> no. <laughs> Why, why is that? Why, why is everybody picking on you there? Why, why, why are you the one picked not to not to let date their daughter? Um, I think it was a it wasn't a very fair opinion of the team because I've never had a girlfriend since I've been down here, so they don't know how I, how I treat a girlfriend. But maybe it was because I was holding the camera, so it was it was I was an easy target. I was the one asking the question. Well, being on this um, podcast, you're not going to find a girlfriend because we don't have no female listeners. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I wasn't looking to find them on here. And just to, just to get your back a little bit, I heard there may have been a conspiracy about you holding the camera and being the designated answer. Yeah. Hey, well, I mean, even Griff was a great example. He didn't even know what was fire what was going to be fired at him, and then he heard it, and he was just like, "Ah, oh, you right away." <laughs> so. 
heard you speaking a little French in the in the back hallway the other night when you were talking to LeMay's parents who were in town. So you speak English. You obviously speak French. Any other languages? Any other hidden talents? Hidden talents Mastro has? Um. Yeah. Well, I my dad is he he has three languages under his belt. He's, his parents were Italian, so he knows Italian, French, and English. So I know I understand a bit of Italian, and I can speak very little of it. Um, but French and English, I can speak fluently and understand fluently. So that's pretty cool. So um, be- and it helps me quite a bit. So between you, Gleb, and uh, Sato, there's how many languages there? I, I know I know Probably Gleb like- and Sato speak a ton of them. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit annoying sometimes when we're having a conversation. And then they just look at each other and start speaking Russian to each other. Um, but, yeah, no. I think Sato knows, like, three or four languages. He played in Finland for a few years, so he knows Finnish. Um, he knows Russian. He knows English. And he knows Japanese. So there's four. Me and Joe know French. So that's five. And I think Gleb just knows Russian. So, yeah, I think between and trash. the three of us or four of us. Yeah, and apparently he yeah. knows trash, too. Yeah. Well, I might be able to talk a little trash, and I know English, but other than that, I'm about five languages behind you guys combined. I, bar- I barely know English, so. <laughs> so, Mastro, I've heard stories of maybe uh, some, I don't know, bus karaoke following a win on a road home. Any, any good stories that you'd be allowed to tell the fans about uh, something that goes on on the bus or in the locker room following a big win? Um. Uh, I mean, this year, the only good bus story we've had so far was after our win in Sioux Falls, our first road win, I think, on our way home, we had a bit of a blast. We had the speaker blast an old time, and we had, uh, we had all the rookies do Rookie Idol, which pretty much they, like, choose a song. They put the earphones in, and they just kind of sing. And we, um, yeah, we just kind of, like, sing along with them once they get into, like, the chorus of the song. So... That's probably the most fun we've had on the bus this year, but I'm sure there'll be more to come. Do you guys still do a rookie dinner or a rookie party? Uh, no, we're all equals on this team. That that works. I, I, I like that attitude. So I know you're on the way home from a, an out-of-town trip. Is there any is there any car carpool karaoke going on in Piercy's car on the way home from Minnesota tonight? Yeah, we, we, we were listening to the country the whole way home. We actually just pulled into the driveway, so I'm excited that six-hour car ride is over, but... Um, yeah, excited to be back in Lincoln. Should be a fun week, and we got the uh, Des Moines this weekend, so that should be two good games. Right on. Well, get some rest, get get those car legs shaken out, and get back to work tomorrow. And we can't wait to see you guys back on the ice on Friday night. Yeah, no, should be fun. All right, thanks for having me. Thanks, yep. Master. Appreciate thanks lot, Master. it. All right, I want to thank Master for jumping on the program with us once again. Uh, That's a little fun, little interview we had there. And we're going to try to effort a player and maybe others every week. Yeah, that's one thing I I, I kind of want to do with the podcast. It just gives the fans a little bit more insight on on the guys they're watching out there on the ice. Yeah, you can get a little more personal look, hear things that are going on, maybe hear some personal stories, feel a little bit more part of the team. Because, you know, I can't really tell if the crowd, there was actually an account announced attendance of 1,500 in here the other night. Once again, it was good. A little bit more than the week before. My hope is they keep playing as well as they have been playing, and there are more and more seats that get filled up. You mentioned you mentioned the crowd there. You know, fifteen hundred. That's what a third of the capacity here, something like that. Roughly, yeah. But uh, I gave I gave my tickets uh, to a friend of mine who hasn't been to a game in a couple of years. Uh, 
granted, COVID was one of the main reasons why he didn't come last year, but he had a great time, and he's uh, looking into getting uh, the back half of the season uh, package. So I, I recommend that, you know, bring your, bring your friend, bring your neighbor, bring your neighbor's wife if you want to. Uh, just, just bring them out to the icebox. Uh, we've got plenty of good seats available, and you never know. You might, you might uh, hook somebody on hockey. Yeah, it's been fun to watch. Winning hockey is always fun to watch, but just the games, win or lose the last couple weeks, fortunately they went the Stars' ways, but it was just good, good, clean, fast, hard, physical hockey. Yeah, and and I know we've dragged this in and out before that, you know, a lot of people come here and see the fights, and since the fights have dwindled down, that's where the education of of the sport comes into play. And once you learn the game, it's it's fun. I mean, I, I don't... Me knowing the game now, I don't miss the fights. Yeah, I don't really either. I'd rather see a, a good big big hit or a great pass for a breakaway on, on the shorty on the PK like like Aiden made happen on Friday night to get the scoring started for us. It's just just uh, good, highly skilled hockey out here. Yeah, definitely. So like I said, just bring a friend, bring a friend down the icebox. Uh, we need we need more butts in the seats. That's we the bottom do. line. We do. And one one cool thing that that Stars just announced is uh, ten dollar tickets for anybody with a college a valid college ID. So every every night is now is student night out here at the Ice Box. Uh, ten bucks to get in the door. Drinks are cheap. Concessions have, are cheap. Is it college IDs only, or does that apply to high school kids too? Because high school tickets. You know, I would, I would assume I, I'm not. I, I cannot speak for the stars themselves, but I assume I would guess if you come in here with a high school idea, you'll get that ten dollars. Four zero two four seven four stars. Yeah. I'm not sure what that what that is, but that's how I always remember. Yep, it. that's how I remembered it, and we well, we talked so, about it a couple of shows ago. So call Steph in the in the ticket office and say, hey, I'm a student. Do I get the ten dollar deal as well? And let her know you heard about it here on the uh, on the show. Yes, for sure. So like, hey, speaking of which, you talked about Friday night. It's also Yeehaw Night at the box uh, rock the box it's cowboy night so put on your best best uh, apparel whether it be country or western and and come out here and cheer on the stars you're gonna have that 10 gallon hat on uh i if i can find a 20 gallon hat i'm going 20 gallon watched uh, the season opener of yellowstone last night so i'm ready to i might just ride a horse out here I've, 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 i'm one of the rare guys i haven't seen an episode of it uh well check it out it's it's pretty good. I, I hear it's good. I hear, I hear good things there, but I just, maybe they'll send some promotional info our way for talking about them live on the air. Yeah, I don't think they need our pub. <laughs> yeah, probably not. <laughs> All probably right, so not. moving on. We got Des Moines coming in the building, uh, a home-and-home home series. Uh, Friday night, they're here. Then uh, Saturday night, we take the two-and-a-half-hour drive up there to Des Moines. Um, Ready for you, me to be a broken record? Yeah. What do you got for the for the Bucks? Because well, uh, I keep talking about how statistically, if we can weather the first period and with Des Moines the second period, uh, we're going to be in pretty good shape. They outscore their opponents two a little more than two to one in the first period and second period combined. Their problem is is that come third period they're being outscored by their opponents two to one. I think they've. Scored 11 goals in the third period and have allowed 22. So if we can, if we can, but they've also, like I said, outscored their opponents in the first period significantly. So if we can get off the bus or make them get off the bus, come onto our ice, and we can take care of business, deploy that decor the way it's been deployed early in games, get an early jump, I think they have a hard time coming back. Yeah, and you mentioned that, you know, they, their third period is not their greatest period. It's ours. By far, you know, the third, we're, we're definitely a third-period team, so 
Even if, even, even if we fall behind a little bit, I, I have the, the faith in that uh, the boys will get it figured out and come back in that third and some, go to work. Some early trends emerging on this season are exactly that. We've been, we've been able to rally in the third period. Even when we have had a goal, we've gone into a lot of third periods ahead, so we haven't had to. But when we have, we've scored goals. Secondly, we've also kind of shown a tendency to score late in periods. So don't uh, get up to beat the lines to the concession stands or the bathrooms because you might, you might uh, hear that goal siren go off and, and miss something big because we make it happen. We're playing 20 minutes a period right now, which is what you have to do to win in this league. Yeah, you know, you put those three 20-minute periods, you get a full 60-minute game in there. And that's one thing that the Stars have kind of lacked here, kind of the beginning of the year, but they're finally getting that bus figured out and getting things rolling. They are. They are for sure. Uh, you know, a couple players to watch for Des Moines. Number 23, Scout Truman, is seventh in the league. He's got 16 points, six goals, 10 assists. He's a UMass Lowell commit. There's also a kid who's been playing over there for a few years. I'm probably going to butcher his last name, but he's uh, been pretty active scoring as well. Number eight, Vincent Salisi or Salise. So a couple guys that the, the Stars are going to need to make sure that they're accounting for. Other than that, they got a pretty significant drop-off in the rest of their scoring, unlike Lincoln, who you go around. Aiden Thompson is uh, like second in the league with 12, 12 points, 12, 12 of which are on assist. Um, we have several, several other guys that are up there. Lava doesn't have a lot of goals, but he's got a lot of assists. Our defenseman, which is, again, another broken record item because we keep talking about how much they're scoring. Dalton Norris is tied for first in the league with power play goals. Um, already talked about Mastro being tied for just goals by a defenseman with a former Lincoln star that was on loan to us from Madison last year, Luke Middlestad. And if you haven't been paying attention, I keep to forgetting the Luke. I keep forgetting Luke up there in, in Madison. I, I know uh, Jack Hornbach's up there. So every time you mention, you know, a, a former star up there in Madison, Jack is the guy I, I go to. But I keep forgetting about Luke. That's weird, isn't it? That. They, we didn't trade them. They just had to go home. So Horbs and, and Luke both ended up having to, having to go home after finishing, helping the Stars finish on a, on a pretty big role at the end of last year. I was listening to uh, the Pipeline Show, which is another junior hockey uh, podcast. He, he mostly covers, like, Canadian junior hockey leagues and whatnot. But he was talking about the, the, the dispersal draft. I, I don't remember what team or uh, what coach he was talking to from the USHL. But some of the players had the option. You know, they're like, hey, I really found my way here in X City. Is there a way that I can stay here? And then the coaches were like, they tried to find a way to trade for that, for that player to stay there. So I, even though we lost Luke and, and Jack, but I guess I'm guessing if they really found an identity here, they might still be here. Yeah, and they're, they're excelling for Madison right now. Madison's off to a historic start, and... And they're two big reasons why. They're both leading the way for them up there. So maybe they took a bit of Lincoln back with them. And fortunately, they're playing over in the Eastern Conference, so we won't have to deal with them till, till later on if they keep, keep it up. Yeah, that's, that's one thing I miss about, about the, the schedule the way it is now. I miss having those teams come in. Like every other year, you get Madison come in, you get Youngstown come in, or, or Green Bay, then the, you know, the following year we go up there. I miss seeing those teams from the East. Well, and think about this. Uh, there's a Lincoln kid, Rutger McGroarty, who's playing for the NDTP U18s this year. So how fun would it be to see Rutger come back here? And, you know, we never quite know if it's going to be the 17s or 18s that roll through here. But we're not going to, for the second year in a row, we don't even get a chance to see him at all because, because of the run. Yeah, that, that's one team I really miss because even if you're not – 
a diehard Stars fan and you just want to see good hockey, the, when Team USA comes in here, they are the best players in the country. And well, what was it, three years ago they came in here and they rolled us like, I don't know, 83 to nothing on Friday night, and then we came back and overcame a four-goal deficit, and that was like Jack Hughes and yeah, uh, Brady Kachuk and a lot of those guys that you're seeing playing in the NHL. I right got, now. you know, and I kind of met, we kind of talk about it later on here in one of our interviews, but I got photos of... Uh, like Austin Matthews coming in here and Jack Eichel. And you got these stars that are in the NHL right now coming in, playing for Team USA, and we're getting gypped right now because we, they don't come in. Yeah. Hey, uh, speaking of big time, uh, Paul Cotter, who is unfortunately no relation to me, actually just got called up by Vegas. So another star will be making his NHL debut tomorrow night for the Vegas Golden Knights. Who do they play? Uh, sure. <laughs> Give me a second. The, the stat guy doesn't know who they're you. playing. I have no clue. Well, I know. I just forgot. Um, they're actually playing Seattle. So oh. he'll he'll make his debut at home in Vegas against the Kraken. And he'll get a goal because it's the Kraken. Well, let's hope. Yep, definitely. So Paul's, Paul's one of those guys that when he was in here, he, he was one another like a Kevin Wall kind of player. You knew he was special the moment he stepped on the ice with his ability just to find the back of the net. And he also played a heavy game. And what I mean by that is – you know, Lincoln's got that blue collar, going to hit you style. And when Paul Cotter checked somebody, you could hear it no matter where it was in the box. And so that's why he was a fan favorite when he was here, too. Yeah, definitely. So I, I want to say that's enough rambling about Des Moines and the, and the games coming up. Why don't we hear from their assistant coach? Hey, one more thing before we go. I know the stat guy's got to get some more stats right. in there. But I think the Stars are also going to have some opportunity on the power play. I know it was a little one-sided last week. Where, it's, it's always one-sided because yeah, we're, we're Lincoln. Uh, true, our reputation precedes us. I think that Sioux Falls was one for eight. Lincoln only was given three opportunities. So good thing, you know, if they're going to put them on the man advantage, at least let's go score on it. But uh, Des Moines leads the league. They're not. They don't lead the league. They lead the Western Conference at twenty-two-ish minutes penalty minutes, um, and uh, their goaltending, their goaltender. He's third in the league in minutes played, and he's fifteenth uh, in in save percentage and goals against. So. I don't I don't know what happened. Um, I was doing a little uh, shocker shocking news here. I did a little research for the show, and then uh, I noticed that the end of the Sioux Falls Des Moines game a couple weeks ago, there was like sixty minutes of penalties handed out at the at the twenty minute mark. So I don't know what happened. It led to. Uh, Garrett Pinon Ami, I don't, I butchered his last name, but that's why he that was, was pretty good. That was why he was suspended for the game Friday night here. And it turns out their uh, Sioux Falls head coach was also also suspended. So I, I don't know what happened, but you, the Des Moines uh, penalty minutes they were racking up. Well, you know, it could be because Coach Brunetto's up there and and trying to breathe a little Lincoln Star fire into Des Moines. So we'll have to look out for that. Speaking of Coach Brunetto. Um, I think maybe we had to talk to him. Yeah, let's let's uh, let's kick it off to the hotline and talk to uh, Coach Brunetto. All right, joining us on the podcast now is the first former Lincoln Stars, and not only is he a former player, but he's a former captain of the uh, two thousand nine two thousand ten team, and he's a current assistant coach for uh, the team we're placing playing this weekend, uh, Des Moines Buccaneers. Matt Brunito, welcome to the show, man. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me, guys. Appreciate it. So, as Brandon said, you were the captain in 9-10. I believe you played at least most of a season, not an entire season, in 08-09. What do you think coming back to Lincoln for the first time? Maybe it's not the first time, but the first time as a coach. 
Yeah, no, it's going to definitely be weird being on the other bench or other side of the bench. Um, I uh, I got to come back as when I was just coaching at uh, University of Alaska Anchorage and got back on the recruiter side. Um, so got to see it from a different light. But I know when you're standing on that other bench and the fans and everything, it, it's going to be a weird feeling for me not being on the Lincoln Star side. But uh, something I'm looking forward to and um, have a lot of good memories playing for Lincoln. And so it, it's going to be an exciting weekend for me. You mentioned uh, coming back as a, as a recruiter. Who were you uh, trying to get off our team? Uh, you know, for University of Alaska Anchorage, we had a tough time kind of getting some USHL guys. So, um, you know, I forget who exactly it might have been that I came in for, but um, definitely tried to get a few Stars players in the past. But I, I don't know if I was too successful up at Alaska Anchorage there. So you were there for three years. Is that right, Coach? Yep, three years. And then that third year was kind of when the COVID stuff came into play. So our season actually got shut down. And um, my boss here, the head coach uh, of the Bucks, was actually the head coach of the University of Alaska Anchorage. And so when he got this job, um, he asked me to come along with him. And for me, it's it's the closest I've been to home, o- Omaha, since I played for the Stars. So it was kind of a cool opportunity to come back to the Midwest and uh, be a lot closer to home than I have been in the past. So it, it was something that um, seemed pretty cool to me and a good opportunity. And obviously this league is, you know, it keeps getting better every year. And I think it's probably the best developmental league for the National Hockey League at this point. So it, it was it was a good opportunity for me as a coach to, to be around high-end players like this. What are your aspirations moving forward? I know you've been an assistant, I think, for five years. This is your sixth year. You were at the... Division three Stevenson University, a little bit of trivia question for you, Brandon, to think about is where is Stevenson University? What, what <laughs> That's a tough your, question. <laughs> I'm guessing Wisconsin. Uh, Bez. <laughs> uh, but, Coach, what are, your, what are your future? Do you hope to get the, the main guy role at some point? Yeah, you know, at, at some point. And I think it's one of those things where initially getting into coaching, I, I had a plan. I want to be a head coach, um, you know, whether it's moving on to Division one or professional. Um, and then as you start doing it, you know, it, you kind of realize it's one of those things you have to take year by year. And it, as much as initially when I started, it was head coach of, you know, a Division One team, you, you start realizing things you really like, things you maybe don't like as much. And for me as an assistant in college, one, one of the big things you do is you're on the road recruiting, trying to identify talent. And so that was something I, I really enjoyed and, and thought it was something I was pretty good at. Um, at the same time, I, I love being in the locker, being around the guys. And for me, um, you know, this experience or opportunity to come to the USHL was an opportunity to kind of round myself out, be around the guys more, do a little more of the coaching. And so, you know, I, I think I'm still figuring it out, to be honest. And it's one of those things where I, I think if you, you think you have a plan, <laughs> something's going to blow it up and you end up doing something different anyway. So, I'm just trying to get better, you know, as a coach, no different than the players are every year trying to improve. Um, I'm just trying to round myself out as a coach and and keep taking steps in the right direction. So I think, like I said earlier, you know, coming to the USHL, it's it's a pretty high end caliber of player, even, you know, division one coaching at UAA, um, you know, it's division one hockey at the same time. Like I said, it's tough to kind of crack this USHL market and, so being around this type of player, I, I think it opens up hopefully a lot of doors for me going forward. But um, again, I, I'm just kind of taking it year by year at this point. I, 
I, I think maybe when I was a little more naive, I had a plan set in place, and now I'm just kind of enjoying the ride and trying to get better as I go. So, uh, as we mentioned before, you're you're coming back to the icebox on Friday night for your first time. Going to be on the on the bench. Uh, what's the scouting report on stars? What do you what are you telling your team? Uh, you know, I, I've known Coach Russo as a recruiter since my Stevenson days. He was out east with the Philadelphia team out there, and um, as I went to UAA, he was in Amarillo. So our paths have always crossed. And the one thing I know about Rockies teams is they're always good teams. They always compete. He's always got some skill, guys that can create offense. Um, so, you know, we, we kind of just started digging into it today. Um, but one of the things that I did notice is the compete those guys have, finding loose pucks, trying to create more and more opportunities. And so that's something we'll, we'll definitely expect coming into this weekend. And I know as a player, you know, guys, teams coming into the icebox, especially younger guys for the first time, it's, it's always a challenge. So I hope our guys are up for that. And I know the Lincoln fans will probably be rocking when we get there. So they'll make it difficult, especially on the younger guys for us. Yeah, you mentioned the younger guys. Have you warned them about that star drop yet? <laughs> no, I haven't. Uh, I'm kind of hoping it doesn't overwhelm them too much. But I know even even as a Stars player, I, I know for those starting lineups, you always kind of get goosebumps. So I can only imagine what it's going to feel like for the other team and coming in, uh, you know, trying to coach some of those younger kids, especially the, you know, 16, 17-year-olds that it's their first time really playing in front of a lot of fans. And I, I think one of the interesting things is for me coming into this league now is I'm realizing a lot of these guys – because of COVID last year, didn't really get that experience last year. So even some of the some of the returning players, you know, don't know what it's like coming into the icebox when it's up and running, you know, the way it can be. So I'm sure even for some of our veteran players, it's going to be a, an interesting experience, and hopefully they they handle it well and can handle that challenge here. Coach, you talked about goosebump goosebump moments, even as it goes up with the. Uh with the star drop, but just talk about what are some of your best memories from when you were here? Um, you know, I, I, I think I got called up for the first weekend and I wasn't a, a mainstay player yet. I think I was going back to Wenatchee in the North American league at the time and just kind of had that weekend. I, I think my first game, I did a pretty good job, maybe got a lucky assist, which um, didn't come too often for me. <laughs> and so um, coach McGordy gave me the start my second night. And I think, one of the coolest things, um, you know, I've had looking back at my career is, you know, hearing from Nebraska, you know, in that starting lineup and kind of the reaction from the crowd. And, um, you know, I think that's something that'll always kind of stay with me. And that was definitely a goosebump moment for me, you know, uh, for playing with the Stars. Yeah, you being a Nebraska kid, uh, albeit Omaha, um, did you want to play for the Lancers or, or were you happy coming in and being a star? You know, I, I grew up going to the Lancer games, and um, my grandpa had some history with the, the program there, and so always grew up going to Exarbon and was a Lancer fan growing up my whole life. And then uh, my older brother played for them a bit, and it just ended up I, I kind of developed a relationship with Coach McGordy when he was play- coaching for the Lancers, and then he got the head job in Lincoln and kind of brought me with him. And, and it seemed like, you know, just the style of play I had kind of fit what the Lincoln stars were and, you know, kind of that no nonsense, tough, hard nose hockey. Um, so for me, I kind of embrace more being the villain, if anything. And it's kind of ironic ending up in Des Moines now too. Um, probably two of Omaha's biggest rivals. So uh, right now I just, I guess I got to be the villain. Yeah. You mentioned the villain. I went, I went to try to find something to introduce you with. I went on YouTube and tried to find some, 
some clips of uh, goals or whatever, and it was it was all fights. <laughs> yeah, there were many goals. <laughs> so that's funny. Well, your job was, as a D wasn't to be a goal scorer anyway, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, and I, I think that's kind of what Lincoln Star Hockey was when I was there. And it, it taught me a lot. Uh, um, some of the things I think, you know, when I think about what I was as a player, it was, you know, blocking shots, killing penalties, and, you know, kind of taking pride in some of those little things. Um, you know, I'd say now controllables, um, you know, things anyone can do. It doesn't take a lot of skill. And, um, I think that's what Lincoln star hockey was. And that's kind of what I remember it as. So I, I hope they're not that because I know it'll be a tough, tough weekend for our guys coming into that. If, you know, guys compete and play hard, like Lincoln always seems to have teams like that. So I'd expect really nothing less coming into the ice box. Well, I can tell you that from a fan perspective, and Brandon and I talked about this a couple weeks ago, I think that that's still the type of hockey that get the Lincoln fans fired up, is shot blocking, good hard hits. Not necessarily, we haven't, I think there's only been one fight through 12 games. Um, so yeah. that's, that's become less and less expected, but just good, hard, blue-collar, hard-nosed, dig, dig into the corner type hockey. Yeah, bring a lunchbox and go to work. Yeah, no, and I, I think that's the way, as coaches, you want your players to play um you know and we say control the controllables well it's you know it doesn't take a lot to lay down and want to block a shot to be positionally sound you know little things like that to compete um and and that's something i think at this age though a lot of kids they're they're learning how to have that consistent compete you know night in and night out and um one of the things as a team i think we've struggled with is just putting a whole 60 minutes together you know so i i think the ushl is one of those places where these kids really learn that and move on to the next level and that's why the kids in the united or ushl are so valuable for college teams and even professional is it, it kind of weeds out the week and, and that's something we always said as players when i was playing in the league and so um i i, I know lincoln always has taken pride in that and that's something fans appreciate and yeah i think the fighting has maybe gone away a little bit but at the same time it's still good hard-nosed hockey yeah, definitely. You mentioned that, that you're you're trying to get your team to figure out how to play a full sixty minutes. I hope you guys don't figure out that this weekend. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, we we started off pretty hot and um, started off five and zero, oh, and I, I think we were maybe overachieving a little bit, and then we kind of went on a skid there for a little bit, and we just stopped the bleeding um, last Saturday against Cedar Rapids, but we were zero four and one for a bit. So before we knew it, our our five and zero oh became a five four and one you know, record. And, um, we were able to get the last one to, to move to six, four and one, but it's, uh, it's, it's been some ups and downs. And, you know, I think a lot of the wins we had early, maybe we didn't deserve all of them. You know, we kind of got some fortunate bounces and the, the four games we lost and the, the one overtime loss, you know, I don't know if we really deserve to lose all of those. So, but I think that's one of the things when you play a 60 plus game season, it kind of evens out over the course of the season. And, you know, the, the top teams kind of rise to the top eventually and the bottom teams start to slide down. So hopefully we can we can keep it going and, um, you know, keep moving in the right direction, at least in the standings. But I know Lincoln's done a nice job and they're up toward the top right now. So um, hopefully we can at least get some points this weekend. We're going to talk about this a little bit more uh, elsewhere in the pod, but, you know, you guys got to go over to the east to get that win, not to take away from the fact that it, that you got to play the <laughs> Rough Riders to snap the <laughs> Yeah. But uh, the West Conference standings are a mess. I think that the top six teams are all within, like, two points of each other and some have games in yep. hand. So, there's a, as you said, there's 50 games left to go in the year. There's a lot to be sorted out yet. 
No, it, it's crazy how tight it really is. And, you know, we, it's one of those things we, we've talked about where it's, it's kind of a coin flip every night with the teams in the West, you know, which, which kids are showing up and um, who, who's ready to go for that night. It's not necessarily, um, you know, I know there's some teams that are maybe a little better than others, but for the most part, and even those teams, um, it's all pretty tight. And if one team doesn't show up that night, um, it's really easy to lose to uh, the worst team in the division, whoever that may be, or, you know, beat the best team in the division, whoever that may be. So um, I think right now it's, like I said, it, it's trying to get your team to play a full 60 minutes. And, you know, if you're going to lose, lose the right way. And at least you can learn something and hopefully bounce back. And then over that course of 60, some game or games played, you end up in the playoff spot. And <laughs> at that point with how tight everyone is, um, you know, you you really don't know who's going to win at that. So it's, it's no different than I think the national hockey league where you, you put yourself in position to, hopefully have success and keep doing the right thing so that's kind of what we're going through right now as some of our younger guys are kind of learning that there's there's no easy nights especially in the western conference right so coach i need to publicly shout out to joe and patty johnson uh, and <laughs> yep. hold of you i you lived with them when you were in town so i tried to go out and and get in touch with you that way so i need to publicly thank them anything you can say about the time you spent with the johnsons when you were here they they were awesome and, and they made me feel right at home and uh, I don't know if it was just you know coming from a Midwest family and moving in with another Midwest family but um, they really felt like I I was living with you know just extended family and everything and they they really are a part of I think my whole family they were at my uh, wedding reception this last summer and so um, I, I always love when I did, did get down to Lincoln coaching at UAA a chance to run into them at the games and so i'm looking forward to this weekend seeing them again they always talk about how the billets are the lifeblood of an organization and i think that's a a story and a testament to exactly the importance of the families that that take people in huh yeah no and i I know you touched on it with right now with covid you know maybe some billet families have backed away from it but I, i think you know these billet families really do have an impact in all these kids lives and it's something that you know stays with them for a long time i was actually i was at a youth game the other day just kind of watching and um ended up a couple was sitting in front of me an older couple and um started talking to them and their old billet son apparently played for the bucks he was coaching one of the chicago teams and they were just at the game to kind of cheer him on and see him again and so i think those relationships last a long time and um you know, people are maybe considering getting into the billeting stuff. I, I think it's a big commitment, but I, I think it's a worthwhile commitment. Coach, thank you very much for joining us tonight. I know that I hope that you have many more fond memories of your time in the USHL. I hope that one of them does not come Friday night or maybe even Saturday. <laughs> yeah. Out there. yeah, we want four points this weekend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, hope, hopefully we're both feeling good coming out of the weekend gotcha. in one way or another. Coach, thank you so much for joining us tonight. So. Very much appreciate it. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me, guys. Hopefully, I run into you guys this weekend. Yeah, I'll make sure. Uh, I'll make sure I'll stop by and see you. Yep, yeah, yeah. Please, please do. All right, all right. Thanks, thanks a lot, Matt. Coach. All right. Yep. Take care, guys. Yep. Have a good. That was another good interview. Um, a lot of fun there with uh, Coach Brunetto. Uh, I love to talk about his time here in Lincoln because uh, I'm a little biased. We are a Stars podcast. We are a Stars podcast, and it was good to have the former captain back on here. The first again, hopefully, of many. Um, you know, I was thinking about while he was talking about their hot start. I believe they started 5-0, and had Sioux Falls, I think, come to town, and uh, I think they've lost uh, back-to-back games against Sioux Falls on a home-and-home. 
which you got to go to Sioux Falls over the weekend. What, what was that like? You know, every, every now and then um, they'll give me a call. And for some reason, they think I'm a good photographer. I don't, I don't know. I don't know why, but so the, the, like I, I'll go up there for their wiener dog night. Um, they wanted me to go up there for their home opener, which happened to be against the stars this year, but I just couldn't make it. Uh, this past Saturday was their uh, breast cancer pink the ring kind of night, so they had me go up there. And uh, as much as I like going up there, they're a bad hockey team. They well, were they were just. So is it a good thing or a bad thing that we've already played them three times this year? Because you know, have we gotten have we gotten fat and happy on on playing again? A bad hockey team, although we played some pretty good hockey teams. Too. We we played some pretty good hockey teams. I, I I just don't know what it was. They were just they were flat. I mean, there was no grit. There was no urgency to their game. Waterloo just came out and just spanked them. I mean, it kind of was like the uh, Waterloo game when they pumped us up there on that Saturday night. So I don't know. I love going back up there. Hopefully, they don't hear this and say because uh, you think we suck. You're not allowed to come up here anymore. But. uh Hey, I don't think I heard you say they suck. I just no, think I heard you just, say they're, they're not just, a very good hockey team. Right now, they're not a very good hockey team. And, and you know, we, we showed it showed it on Friday night when we uh, pumped them 5-2, and they got pumped again, uh, I want to say 4 nothing Saturday night. So, I mean, I hate going up there and going and shooting their big games, and they kind of S the bet a little bit there. Anytime I go up there when they're not playing the starts, I want them to be successful. Um, the arena, I love going up there for the arena. The arena is NHL quality. Uh, they pack it up there. I mean, I'm guessing there was 6,000 people there. Um, it's loud. It's, it's a fun time up there, but the hockey was not that good. Hmm. Well, let's hope that the team coming into the icebox this weekend isn't, uh, doesn't play very good hockey either. Let's hope they go back to their losing ways twice this weekend so we can come out of the weekend with another four points. Yeah, let's, let's hope uh, Coach Runoto comes in, sees that star drop, and uh, forget what team he's uh, coaching there and uh, – and uh, doesn't give them the Des Moines Buccaneers any good advice, and uh, we can uh, take away four points this weekend. That works for me. All right, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Check in next week as uh, we'll recap the Des Moines game. And, uh, hey, I, more- think, I think next week is uh, we play that team in orange up the, up the interstate. So, Ooh, That's going to be a fun one. Yep. All right, thanks again, everybody, for tuning in. We'll catch everybody next week. Thanks.